Welcome to the Battle Buddy Podcast with Keith McKeever. Welcome back to another episode of the Battle Buddy Podcast. Today I have Peter with me and we're going to talk about some awesome benefits, uh, especially for those veterans who are getting up there in years and need a little extra assistance in life. Um, so, Peter, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Keith. I look forward to being here. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Peter. Uh, well, I work for a uh, nonprofit agency uh, called Veterans Advocacy Associates, and we assist senior veterans in getting all the benefits they deserve. Awesome. So those those benefits, uh, those are for people going into assisted living or who extra need extra assistance, somebody coming into their house, yep. uh, equipment and stuff like that. So can you outline kind of what that looks like? I know it could be different, different out pictures, but... Sure. There's a there's a little known benefit referred to as aid and uh, attendance. And this benefit is designed to get senior veterans uh, a little bit of help with their medical and care expenses. And that care could be at home. That care could be in assisted living. It could be provided by family members. It could be provided by professionals, neighbors. Anybody can provide the benefit. And uh, it's a little-known benefit, and it, uh, it it's great for anybody over 65. So other than people over 65, just uh, who, who qualifies? Just veterans over 65 or any other well, stipulations? Qualify, you, yeah, you have to be over 65, and you have to have served one day during a wartime period. You could be the veteran or you could be the surviving spouse. And you are eligible to receive this benefit. Yeah, I know when we talked a few weeks ago that uh, uh, that time frame where there wasn't a war is is what like four years. It's four <laughs> it's war, it's, 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 slim, uh, like it's, yeah, it's the only it's time that of our population. Yeah, it, uh, between uh, Korea and Vietnam is the biggest period we have. So <laughs> yeah, not not very long really, um, which. Kind of a sad thing, unfortunately, <laughs> the way the way our history's gone. So, um, so does a veteran have to be in the VA system to be able to use this? They do not. They do not have to. They could use their uh, own doctors. They do not have to be registered with the VA at all. Uh, we will assist them uh, get the documents necessary to uh, qualify. Uh, to, now, to qualify, there are financial criteria and income criteria, but in general, we uh, assist the veterans understand it and work uh, to get them qualified. Uh, it's not a cap that you're not allowed to have X amount of income. It's just a r ratio and formulas, and we plug everybody into that ratio formula and pretty much get most people qualified. We've got a 98% success rate. We've been in business now for 15 years. We've done over 8,000 cases and uh, very pleased that 98% uh, of them we were able to get through the system. And you, you know, know what? If you, if you got a 98% success rate at anything, I think you're doing something, something pretty you know, good. You know, <laughs> they got the systems down. The VA being the bureaucratic organization they are, uh, you have to know the system. And doing this as long as we have, we know the answers they want, the words we want, and how to position every case we have to get the maximum qualification. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite the system. I don't care what what part of the system you're trying to 
get answers in or get help from. Um, it's one of the problems. It, it just feels like you're banging your head off a brick wall every time you turn around. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you just got to find that groove, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's a marvelous, marvelous organization for the benefits that they bring to our veterans. They do, but it makes it really confusing. You know, I know just just being in real estate, you know, the VA home loan, and there's so many questions about it. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to find the information. You got to read through pages upon pages of, of VA documents and stuff like that sometimes to even find the answer. And that's just one little aspect of it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's as good as they are, I mean, they, they are there not to give money away, but to protect the money. And they, you know, they will ask questions to make sure that you qualify. And very often people answer the question innocently, thinking they're answering it correctly, and they're denied. And they have no reason or no knowledge of why they were denied. And, uh, you know, we've got to understand the questions and the answers to get the benefits we deserve. Well, yeah, I, I think it's important to say that when it comes to benefits, like you're, you're a person trying to get benefits for your needs, but yet, yeah, they, they do have to, like you said, protect the money. They have their system and their rules and you just kind of have to find that, that path through that and figure out what works. Right. Because I mean, you can goof up and say, you know, the wrong thing. I know going through the claims process, like, yeah. you know, a lot of VSOs will advise you like, okay, what are your symptoms? What do you deal with? Like, okay, you need to make sure that you tell them exactly how this impacts your life. Exactly. Don't just go in there and be like, oh, yeah, I mean, it happens sometimes. Like, when it happens every day, like, you're you're not going to have success that way. <laughs> or uh, if you check the wrong box, it's going to – Yeah. it's just not going to get flagged in the system right, and it's not going to It's not gonna go through. So When we spoke last time, it was, you know, it was really important to know that the VA's really got two systems or many systems of benefits – and there's one category called disability. And in disability, you had to serve, uh, your injury had to be as a result of your service. With aid and attendance, you has nothing to do with your service. And you did not have to be in combat. Uh, you could have been in St. Louis during a wartime period. Uh, you could be driving your RV around the country but still get the benefit because you need a little help from your friends. It's not bedpans and polio shots, right? It's yeah. just I need a little help. Uh, I have trouble cooking. I have trouble making my bed. I have trouble getting to the grocery store. If you've got trouble, then this benefit will get you the extra funds to get you the support you need. They don't supply you with the caregiver. They give you the money to help pay for the caregiver. And if you're a married veteran, you can get as much as $2,431 per month tax-free. And that's going to take uh, quite a bit of burden off your family in providing care for you. A single Absolutely. veteran is, uh, qualifies for $2,050 per month. And a surviving spouse can qualify for $1,318 per month. And well, thank you for highlighting that because you know I was going to ask about that. <laughs> but that, that, that's huge because, uh, you know, I mean, I know I'm young, but I've, I've had a lot of family members who have, you know, gotten old and passed away. And you see all kinds of things that just happen as you get older. It, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. Yep. Um, some people just get 
with modern medicine, they just live longer and longer. Well, and, we and, are. and there's no, there's, you know, you just never know if you're going to live long or not. But I mean, I've, I've got a friend who's 98, World War II veteran, still lives at home, still drives. Mm-hmm. Um, a little hard of hearing these days, mm-hmm. but he still volunteers, you know, with our local honor flight network. You, sure. you can't stop the guy, <laughs> you know, but, but I've even seen like him and, and other friends and families and people, you know, eventually, eventually everybody's going to need help with laundry, cooking, cleaning, getting yeah. up out of bed, maybe bathing, um, or just a driver to drive you around. Drive you now. My, my grandmother. Lose a driver's license and they need a little help. Uh, my, my grandmother who passed away about, about 10 years ago, um, she made it, she was about 86 when she passed away. She made it almost to 80 without an accident, mm-hmm. not one accident, not one speeding ticket. And then all of a sudden, like overnight, it was, oops, bumped into the garage, uh, tapped another car, yeah. got, got an offender bender, yeah. um, somehow scratched the bumper. Like it was like, whoa, <laughs> like what? Like grandma probably shouldn't be driving now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's take the keys away, you exactly. know, and because she, she was super proud of the fact that she had never, never, not once ever been pulled over, not been in one accident, nothing. No. Um, but yeah, you know, eventually everybody's going to need some assistance. It's just a fact of life. And and, uh, the VA recognizes that and they, you know, they want their veterans to live with dignity and therefore they provide them with the funds to be able to live in dignity. Now you're not going to be, you know, fat, dumb and happy, but you're going to be at least hold your head up and say, Hey, I earned this benefit. I served the country and the country's helping me now um, live with dignity and with my friends. And, uh, that's very important, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think Keith, it's important that you know we handle veterans all over the country. Uh, in fact, all over the world, you could be in any pro uh, any place in the in the world that uh, is a United States province or state, and we will help you get the benefit. Uh, we do most of our work uh, over the phone. Uh, we don't have to have a face to face appointment. Uh, we make the process quite easy. Um, and it's uh, you know, veterans are so happy that we're there to help them hold their hand. Yeah, no, that 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 helps because I could not imagine trying to take on the VA by yourself. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. especially you know, I mean, you talk about age sixty-five and up, and you think about people who really need you know the help that might be in their eighties or nineties and don't have technology. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have a, a smartphone or know how to use the internet. I don't even know where I would begin to turn because Google yeah. is my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and if I didn't have Google, I, I, well, I guess if you never had it, you don't know what you're missing, but uh, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you navigate this and stay up on changes as a veteran? If you don't have access to that without having somebody to say, I got you. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm here to hold your hand. So and explain the options. You know, there's, yeah, there's, there's options available and, you know, does it uh, not only with just the VA benefit, but how does that VA benefit integrate with Social Security, with Medicare, with Medi-Cal? Uh, you know, do, if I do this, what happens to that? And those are all issues that have to be walked through uh, strategically to get the maximum benefit for yourself. Yeah, I never even thought about that. But, yeah, that would uh, that would require a lot of careful planning. Yeah. To, to, you know, the last thing you'd want to do would be to to jump on one benefit at the risk of the other one, you know, having a negative outcome. 
exactly. or change to it, you know, and 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 then go through all this work just to find out that you're, you know, losing money right. or losing a benefit. That would that would suck. That would be bad. Right. So yeah. yeah, a lot a lot of things to navigate there. So how, what's uh you, you mentioned something earlier, and I, now I'm curious because I'm a curious guy. You said you help people all over the world. What's the right. farthest person you've helped away geographically from yourself? It would be Guam. Guam. Okay. All right. Yeah. We've helped a veteran in Guam. I mean, they they retired out of a service in Guam and they, they get the benefit, right? They need care. They're, they're a citizen and they're in protected. So we get them. That's, that's a little ways away. <laughs> <laughs> Guam is not the place I would think of to settle down for the rest of my life, but the, yeah, to each his own, right? Yeah. Um, so how long does it take to, to, to go through this process and, and file everything on average? Well, there's two phases. A, we have to go through the application process, collecting all the data. And that on an average takes, you know, two to three weeks for you to get your doctor's report, get the DD-214, understand your financial status, et cetera. Uh, and then once we file with the, with the VA, the average right now is between 90 to 120 days um, that, uh, you know, we say we would not have filed the application unless we were very, very certain they're going to be approved. So you can at least have that level of satisfaction. Then it's going to take about 90 days. VA will process <coughs> the application and then uh, you'll see money in the bank. Uh, the VA sends a letter to say that you've, uh, you know, what we call the approval letter, or the, uh, and uh, they send that day the, that the same day they send money, and money travels by wire, and my <laughs> mail goes by mail. So guess what gets there first? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That's kind of funny that they do it that way. I was thinking as you're saying it, like, yeah, well, that that letter is going to be two days late. Yeah. So, but. So, uh, we, I, it's it's amazing. I got calls, uh, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. Goes, Peter, Peter, guess what? Money showed up in the bank. Yay! I'm so excited. That's awesome. So you know, you mentioned DD two fourteen, and and that kind of sparked a thought. So my stepdad is a Vietnam vet, mm-hmm. and he had mentioned that many years ago. I think sometime in the seventies, maybe early eighties, um, there was a records depot in St. Louis that caught fire. Okay. You know, and getting some records for some people is difficult. Have you, have you seen a lot of that where people don't have their DD-214 or other records? Uh, well, for two, you know, I mean, A, they lose it themselves. And then we have to <laughs> yeah, go exactly. to the uh, uh, national records to find it. And generally now they've overcome that burden. They've been able okay. to not necessarily find the actual DD-214, but they find a sufficient records to establish that yes, service did exist and they're able to provide a document uh, to support that. Okay. So very, very rare. We're not able to support a veteran uh, with something, you know, e- even if it's a travel pass to say, you know, here's my log that I was on leave X period of time is a, you know, very often a sufficient, um, trail to follow to find the documents necessary to file yeah well that's that's why they say you know like when i was in it was i was advised keep every every document possible and most of which i have digitalized at this point as well but i i keep them locked up in a safe fireproof safe Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've got got multiple copies digital copies in different places because uh 
because I was thinking about that because my stepdad told me about that a long time ago. And I was like, yeah, I want to have my own records. I don't want to rely on the government. You know, of course, in this day and age, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a paper copy that would probably be lit up and fired. It'd be a server that would melt down. But <laughs> you, know, you never know what's going to happen. It's amazing. NPRC, uh, you know, is still very, very much a, a paper in the file cabinet organization. Wow. Uh, they, they don't you don't plug in a, your social security number and up pops the DD-214. They actually physically go into the warehouse and walk down miles and miles of uh of filing cabinets looking for it. So, you know, people to say, oh, yeah, I think my husband was in Vietnam. Can you find his records? It's like, <laughs> man, you don't know what we're looking for here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, man, you think about it. It can be a lot of records for a lot yeah. of people because I think there's something like 18, 19 million veterans, you know, in, in the United States right now. And, you know, a good majority, you know, vast majority of them are in that 65 and up range. You know, between Vietnam, Korea, and World War II. So, you know, I'm sure none of their stuff is is digitalized. You know, not not their service records. You know, maybe right. VA medical records and stuff since then, obviously. But mm. could be a lot. So, um, so is there, they're slowly slowly digitizing, but it's still you know long way. No, away. that would be a monumental task. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, keeping up on. My own stuff for my for my own house and my own business to keep that stuff digitalized takes work. So I can only imagine how many people and the resources to digitalize, you know, over you know probably a hundred years worth of records. Right. You know, who knows how far the back they've got? So I'm sure with National Archives archives it goes back a long ways. But so is there anything anything else that your organization helps with, or is it just the aid and attendance stuff? Or? You know, that's our specialty. I mean, we really help with anything. And if a, you know, if a person needs help with disability, we'll help them with that. If a person needs a wheelchair, we'll help them with that. If they need work, if they need accommodations, but we specialize in that senior category, helping them find caregivers, helping them find assisted living organizations. And most importantly, helping them find the money to get what they need and deserve. Yeah. When it comes to the assisted living facilities, what uh, what in your opinion makes a good one versus a bad one? Well, that really depends upon your requirements. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are better there are assisted living uh, communities uh, that's like uh, you know five star resort where you know every day they've got activities and they got buses taking you to the casino and buses taking you to the beach and going down etc and and that doesn't a, sound too bad i mean we're not signed up for that <laughs> oh i mean some of these places i go into they got 50 yard swimming pools and gymnastic organizations and you know i'd, I'd move in tomorrow if i could <laughs> exactly you know? now there's other people that you know why do i need to pay for that i can't even get out of bed that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that becomes the second level of what your needs are. Uh, diet restrictions really happen to, to determine what you want in your assisted living. You know, some, uh, you know, do you like the food they cook? Hmm? Well, I mean, that's an important aspect to think about. Sure, we recommend everybody go have a meal there before you sign the contract. You know, well, maybe check out the environment too. I mean, check I know out the environment. As a realtor, um, you never know. You don't want to go into a facility where your room might be next to the railroad tracks. You know, yeah. and hear a train how, go by three times a day unless you like that noise. We're close to the airport. Is it, yeah. 
how far is the uh, the community away from your loved ones? I mean, will they have to drive a half an hour to come and see you? You know, you may be very happy, but they don't like. They're only going to see you once a month because it's too hard to get to you. Yeah, and good point. So that has a lot to do with it. Um, and um, the, you know, the then the the final comes to they have memory care, and memory care is a whole different service level of uh, the kind of need you need. Uh, it's got to be a protected environment that you're not going to go wandering out the front door and get yourself hurt. You know. Yeah, I've, I've toured a couple of facilities like that where like one wing is not memory care. It's right. very open kind of floor plan, almost like a almost like a hotel in a lot oh, of cases. Okay. You know, you yep. got your door, you got your room, right? But yeah, the other side is almost locked down. I hate to say it, but almost like a prison. There's yeah. a door that's locked, key code access, somebody yeah. on staff all the time. Because yep. I mean, you hear about it. Like I know in my community, we've got like 30,000 people here, but – Every now and then you see it on Facebook that the police are sure. looking for some somebody who's, you know, elderly person with dementia or Alzheimer's and they've wandered off. And, you know, it's like, man, yeah. that'd be scary. I, I, that, I, it'd be horrifying to have a loved one just disappear like that. Well, and they do, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say it probably happens. Gosh, I, I say in my community, I probably see it once a month at least that somebody's relative has just like disappeared. And it's like, wow, it's sad, you know, luckily we're a small community. So they, they tend to get found fairly easy, but uh, yeah, I mean, all kinds of bad things can happen. So yeah. I, I, my, my grandma, one of my grandmothers, they're both, they're both passed away, but you know, she had dementia, you know, and I remember a story that she had this Rubbermaid bowl of soup in it. And she told my aunt, well, this is just awesome because I can, I can cook the soup. I can just fire up the stove right here and cook it. And she was like, no, you, no, 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 this is rubber. It's just going to melt and cause a mess all over the place, you know? And so like that stuff's scary, you know, you mm-hmm. start thinking about those things. Unfortunately she passed not too much longer after that, but no. you know, you never know what kind of danger somebody can get themselves into when, when it comes to a memory care issue. We hear so many stories of the people t- forgetting to turn off the stove. Mm-hmm. Uh, so dangerous. There's another category of community, which what they call uh, board and care. And these are very often homes. Uh, and a home will have like six bedrooms in it. And each person will have their own bedroom with a central thing. And that has a different level of care, uh, different level of environment. It's more community, but it's only usually only six people uh, in the house. And then they oh, have- That's interesting two, you know, two to take care when you got a higher level of one-on-one care than you might in a large facility that will hold, uh, you know, 300 people, uh, your ratio of caregiver to, um, person requiring care is different. Yeah. yeah and, that's, different. You know, and that's based upon the, you know, the length of time we've been helping these veterans. We learn all these little things and are able to help the people understand them, all those options for them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, everybody has a different care of need, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, through the honor flight network, I've been around a lot of older vets, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's weird as I've seen the Vietnam era vets tend to need more unique care sometimes than the Korea and Vietnam, uh, Korean world war two vets, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's there, they just need a bed to stay in and a facility. Whereas some of the Vietnam vets have, a lot of medical issues that require more specialized care, treatment, medical staff, you know, facility that can handle those needs. So it's a case by case for sure. 
I just say, you know, one <laughs> thing you learn is everybody's different. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, it's it, it's it's got to be very rewarding for you to have a conversation with somebody, learn about them, connect with them, and then get them the resources they need that, like, you know, in some small or big way, changes their life. Changes the their life and mine, Keith. I mean, you know, the rewards I feel for helping the veterans I help. I mean, I've worked with veterans who landed at D-Day. I've worked with veterans who were there at Pearl Harbor and their stories and their spouses' stories. And, you know, it's very, very rewarding and uh, I'm grateful and uh, that I'm able to do it. Well, I am glad that you're out there doing it and you and anybody else who works for the organization because that's an amazing thing uh, that you're taking care of, you know, of my brothers and sisters out there, much older brothers and sisters, <laughs> <laughs> but they need it, you know, and uh, you know, maybe one of these days, a long time from now, 30 plus years from now or more, uh, maybe I'll need it. And yeah. uh, I'm glad there'll be somebody there to help me walk through the process. And more importantly, you know, your spouse will benefit from it also. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I've got uh, for anybody who's watching, listening, I will, I've got to scroll across the bottom uh, myvaa.org, right. um, but it'll be in the show notes as well. So if you need to get a hold of Peter, I'll have, I've got your website too there. Um, workwithpeterw.com. So I'll have that show that in there too. So if you need to reach out to Peter, ask some questions, get some help, whatever it is, whatever right. it is, it's there. So right. Peter, I, I appreciate you stopping by the show and, and telling us about this awesome benefit. Well, I appreciate that, Keith. Uh, you know, no, no question is, uh, is too small. It's better to ask the question and understand it than not to ask it at all. Exactly. Well, there's no such thing as a stupid question. I've, I've heard that. There is a stupidly worded question, <laughs> but not a stupid question. Yeah, if you my, don't know, that's why you're asking. So. Yeah, my mother said I never got more stupid by listening. That's a good point. So, yeah. All right. Well, once again, I, I appreciate you being here, Peter. Well, thank you for your service, Keith, and I appreciate you spreading the word so we can help more of those veterans. No problem. Thank you. All right, there you go. If you if you need to help, uh, reach out to Peter. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, battlebuddypodcast.net, for more resources. If you are uh, feeling down and need some help, uh, don't forget the National Suicide Hotline number is 800-273-8255, or you can text 838-255.